0: Stand up. Stand up
1: Stand up Stand up Friends we can all listen to the sunny side of sports Great
0: show bro This is sunny side of sports right here on the Voice of America Voice
2: of America
0: Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the November third edition of the Sunny Side of Sports. Thursday marks 17 days to the kickoff of the FIFA World Cup football tournament in Qatar. In the opening match, Qatar will host Ecuador at the 60,000-seat Al-Bayit Stadium, located about 35 kilometers from the capital, Doha. As we look forward to Qatar 2022, how about if we also look back ...to a special sunny side of sports World Cup memory. 20 years ago... Voice of America! ...the Voice of America sent me to Japan and South Korea... ...for coverage of the 2002 FIFA World Cup. The opening match was held at the Seoul World Cup Stadium... ...and because of a media ticketing mix-up... ...I found myself at midfield... In the photographer's box. Yes, it was the best seat I had during the tournament. Senegal upset defending champion and former colonial ruler France 1-0 on a 30th-minute goal by the late Papa Buba Diop. The Lions of Taranga of Senegal would advance to the quarterfinals in their World Cup debut and Diop would be remembered as a World Cup hero for the rest of his life. Diop died in France, the country against which he scored that famous World Cup goal on November 29, 2020, at the age of 42. His funeral was held in Senegal's capital, Dakar, and among those in attendance were Senegal's president, Macky Sall. And his teammates from the 2002 World Cup. One of those teammates, Aliou Cisse, is now Senegal's head coach. And I know many African football fans are hoping Cisse can lead African champion Senegal to World Cup glory in Qatar. I ask my Voice of America colleague, Bill Yabarou, who are the players to watch
3: for Senegal? Sonny, I'd have to start off with Bayern Munich's star and Senegal's top scorer, Sadio Mane. He also really brings the offense together as he can play both attacking midfield and striker. I then would have to go with the Chelsea duo, starting off with the captain and star defender, Khalidou Kolabali, and goalkeeper, Edward Mendy as integral parts of the Senegal side.
0: Muckbill, will Senegal's opening match against the Dutch be its toughest test in the group stage?
3: I believe it will be the most challenging game for Senegal, Sonny, as they have a solid defense led by Virgil van Dijk that may make it difficult for the Senegalese side to have their way. It's also a team that has made it to the World Cup Finals three times but has yet to win it all, so I'm sure they'll give it everything they can with the opening game to assert dominance in the group. But that'll still leave the Lions of Teringa in a great spot to feel out the group. If they're able to come away with a win or draw, they should be able to advance to the knockout phase as Ecuador and host nation Qatar don't really have as much firepower as the reigning champs of Africa.
0: Senegal is led by head coach Aliou Cisse, who played for the Lions of Taranga at the 2002 World Cup in Japan and South Korea. Mukbil, how important is Cisse to Senegal making a successful run in
3: Qatar? I believe his success with this team has been because they have a head coach who understands the totality of who these players truly are. Whether it's ones that want to make an impact on the world stage so that they can go on and play for bigger clubs or ones who are already doing that and want to do it for their home country, he understands it all. You know, um, Having been the captain of that 2002 Senegal side that made it to the quarterfinals and having experience in the Premier League with Birmingham and Portsmouth, he really understands what it takes for his team to get there and beyond.
0: Muckbill, our now-retired VOA friend, Chaka Sali, the former host of our Straight Talk Africa program, used to like to ask guests to answer from the deepest, better part of the bottom of their hearts. In the deepest, better part of the bottom of your heart, Muckbill, do you think Senegal, Can better its 2002 World Cup performance and make it to the semifinals or even the final?
3: (laughs) Sonny, that's a tough, tough question, man. But I will say if there was ever a chance for an African team to best that quarterfinals appearance, it would be this team. I feel as though this team plays excellent team ball and they have three key players that I mentioned earlier that have leadership across the board. They're also coming off that AFCON win, which I'm sure will give them a boost as well. So to answer Shaka Sali's question, from the deepest, better part of the bottom of my heart, I feel like Senegal can go further than the quarterfinals. You heard it here first, Sonny.
0: What about fan support, Bill, Do you think many Senegalese
3: fans will make the trip from Dakar to Doha? From what I've heard, Sonny, I've been hearing and seeing online thousands and thousands of Senegalese fans from all over will be making a trip to Qatar to support their team. Hopefully they'll give them that boost that they may need to overcome that hump to be able to surpass that quarterfinals in 2002. As we all know, fans are a, a huge, huge, huge role um, in confidence building for their players. Back to you, Sonny.
0: That's my VOA colleague Muck Bill Yabereau. and Muck Bill spoke with us here in Washington.
4: This is the voice of America, Washington, D.C. I'm
0: Sonny Young in Washington, and you're listening to the Sunny Side of Sports on the Voice of america follow the sunny side of sports on facebook and twitter my facebook address is facebook.com forward slash voa sunny and my twitter handle is at voa sunny sports now let's go to morocco where the confederation of african football is staging the second edition of its women's champions league The tournament features clubs from Morocco, South Africa, Zambia, Egypt, Liberia, Tanzania, Nigeria, and the Democratic Republic of Congo. Defending champion Mamalodi Sundowns of South Africa defeated Bielsa Queens of Nigeria 2-1 in the opening match for both teams. The final is scheduled for November 13th in Rabat, Morocco. For analysis of the opening group matches, Iron Mike Mbonier called Marrakesh, Morocco, where he reached African women's football analyst
4: Sam Amadou. Yeah, I must say it's been uh, an incredible start to the championship. I never imagined it could be this at all. The quality uh, has been high. The performance too, standard wise has also improved a lot compared to what we saw uh, in the last tournament in Italy, uh, last year and i think it's uh, it's impressive to see that uh, this uh, platform this opportunity this championship is really uh, opening doors for many african players want to to uh, to move across the borders and at least uh, also create t- tough competitions stiffer competition uh, between the clubs and uh, more players are really getting an opportunity to uh, to have a showcasing platform to be seen, and also more teams also are making uh, uh, a great advancements uh, in their sports and in the sports, and also making uh, the, the, their country and the region proud. So I think it's impressive. We've seen a couple of games at mozambique uh, pulling up a shock win over uh, second-time appearing Wadi Degla from Egypt. Uh, these are these, these are not African uh, champions, and, and as well as uh, being. Uh, Egyptian champions, and it's impressive to see what they have managed to achieve. And we also have on one end, too, from uh, the Group B, uh, where we also have the opening game, tough one, between Manoli Standdowns and uh, uh, Bayesu Queens. This is much of a uh, Nigerian-South uh, African ri- rivalry kindred, and we saw how the South Africans did pull off another short point over the Nigerian side. So quite a tightly contested game, uh, but again, you could see uh, how much of an improvement and technically and also tactically wise uh, the South African game has has gained in the last few years and it's also resonated with the fact that they are African champions uh, and it speaks only about the quality in their team and also how much they've improved over uh, the last 12 months. You followed the first edition of the CAF Women's Champion League. Do you think there will be surprises or upsets in the second edition? Yeah, for this championship, I feel it uh, it could go either way. You never could tell, but again, uh, we must give credit to all the teams involved and uh, how well they are also setting up themselves. I think we, we have a great contenders at this tournament. Uh, last year we saw the likes of uh, uh, Malabo Kings, but now it's uh, what it's it's uh, Atipi Mezembe that is replacing them, and for them to pull off such an incredible uh, upset in their region, coming this far, and we know what they meant uh Mazzimbe has also achieved in the continent of african men's football and i think it's incredible what surprises we might wait to see in games to come and i think at this point uh no doubt sundance looks uh heavy for the rights in this one they they look in organized height and uh, they know what they want to do and they are really really uh, going all out to ground out those results they do uh, desire so i think it's incredible uh seeing how this team are setting up quality wise coaching uh, performances, we it's it's pretty great uh, to evaluate how our players technically are also improving on their own, and also how coaches read games and also make their decisions. At this level, uh, we can't be more excited enough to see that yes, a lot has improved, and compared to the last editions where you see a uh, part teams getting whitewashed, why you see a lot of poor combinations, but now it's so much improvements. Uh, the game wise, playing style, the patterns were the pattern wise and also uh the, the the mix between these players it's it's so much exciting to watch, and I think it's uh, it's give us uh, a lot of uh, of of high hopes that yes going into uh the, the final stages of the tournament, then we could get to see uh, a major upset and I know Sanders definitely are not leaving any stone on but again, we know there are still giants like Bayer Queens in the championship who we also want to better off. Uh, what uh, Nigerian side did the last time? Who failed to uh, represent Who failed to progress out of the group stage? So it's uh, really going to be very tight. But we hope to see how great uh, these teams will really be able to hold their own in the remaining games in this championship. But at this point, it's quite, unpredict- it's quite unpredictable, I must say, and uh, we can't wait to see uh, more games to come. And hopefully, uh, these girls and these teams uh, will live up to-, to expectations. Sam do you also think that there are potential future women football stars in africa from the matches played so far yeah for sure i think we've had uh this championship from the first edition had produced uh, quite an impactful talents and uh, getting to speak to quite a number of them who were involved in the last championship uh it's exciting to see that they've moved on from not just uh and not just achieving great success in the first edition, they've also showcased themselves incredibly at the Women's African Cup of Nations held recently in Morocco, that's earlier in July. And I think you've seen from the South African teams who had not fewer than six players in the national team, they have made huge impacts. Having won on the continent at the club level, that inspired them to really achieve a huge success at the senior level. And uh, quite a number of them have already moved abroad and played uh, in some fantastic clubs in Europe, in France, uh, also in Norway, and, and quite a number of them in Spain also. So I think uh, it's exciting how this moment is showing up of fresh stars. Uh, players from that last event has now moved on to some major leagues in Europe and uh, uh, most prominently the, the, the a player of the tournament in uh Evelyn Bajo She is now in Norway with Avanes and I think it's 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 a breakthrough and we're we'll waiting to see uh, the next big stars from this event. No doubt we've seen we've seen a lot already.
0: That's Sam Amadu, an African women's football analyst. And Sam spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Marrakesh, Morocco.
4: Hello, listeners. My name is Majid Anantanda. I'm a former Crested Crane captain, former national team Crested Crane coach, and now a Calf Coaches instructor. Listen to Sonny side of sports on Voice of America.
5: Hello.
0: the host of the Voice of America's longest-running English language program. Music Time in Africa was founded in 1965 by the late, great Leo the Music Man Sarkeesian. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington, and you're listening to the Sunny Side of Sports on The Voice of america in philadelphia wednesday night for only the second time in the 118 year history of major league baseball's world series there was a no hitter The AP's Michael Luongo reports from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania.
3: The Astros made baseball history as four pitchers combined for just the second no-hitter in World Series history in a 5-0 Game 4 win over the Phillies. Christian Javier allowed just two walks while striking out nine through the first six innings. Brian Abreu struck at all three batters he faced in the seventh. Rafael Montero retired all the batters he faced in the eighth. And Ryan Presley recorded the final three outs and the bottom of the ninth. I'm not really thinking about the no-hitter or anything like that. Um, you know, I just want to put a zero up and close the door and, and go on to the next day. Alex Bregman hit a two-run double for the Astros, who even this best-of-seven series at
2: two games apiece. You really have to just try and compete and put together good at-bats and, and try and um, swing at some good pitches. Um, he's really tough, and I thought the guys did a good job today. Um, A lot better than yesterday of of executing.
3: Michael Luongo, Philadelphia.
0: Thanks, Michael. For our sunny side of sports listeners, keeping score, the only other World Series no-hitter was thrown by the late New York Yankees pitcher Don Larson. His legendary perfect game, In Game 5 of the 1956 World Series, looking back, the Yankees beat their then-city rival, the Brooklyn Dodgers, who would relocate to Los Angeles by a score of 2-0 in Don Larson's perfect game. The Yankees won that World Series in seven games. It was their 17th World Series championship The Yankees have since won 10 more World Series titles, making them the most successful team in Major League Baseball history. But let's get back to the 2022 World Series. Houston Astros manager Dusty Baker was asked to describe the pitching performance of starter Christian Javier
2: on Wednesday night in Philadelphia. You know, he was electric and... uh... You know, he threw the ball up, down, and that shows you that the best pitch in baseball is still a well-located fastball. And uh, you know, he was calm and cool. And uh, uh, Christian Vasquez called a, you know, a great game for him. And uh, I think that's the first time I've seen two guys with the same first name as a battery. So maybe, maybe that was part of it. Game five
0: in Major League Baseball's World Series will be later Thursday night in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And Astros manager Dusty
2: Baker knows game six will be played in Houston, Texas. I mean, that's what we were coming here, trying to, you know, take it back home. I mean, you want to win them all, but, you know, we realize how tough these guys, you know, have been in this ballpark. And uh, uh, reality... Um, you know, when you go on the road, if you can win two out of three, then you've you've had a pretty good series. So it's a big series uh, tomorrow before you know we head back home. Um, we know that that they have a great offensive club over there, and they got a lot of energy in this ballpark. And uh, so it's it's uh, man, it's a strange series. I mean, they hit five home runs yesterday, and then no hits today. I mean. This, this is a daily game and filled with daily emotions. This is a daily game and
0: it's filled with daily emotions. I like that, Dusty. That's Dusty Baker, the manager of the Houston Astros baseball team. And Dusty spoke in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Game five in Major League Baseball's World Series is later Thursday night. The Philadelphia Phillies will host the Astros. The best of seven series is tied at two games each.
4: This is Sonny's sports.
5: Hi, I'm Kim Lewis. Join me and our panel of journalists as we discuss the top stories of the week, including political candidates who are making their final pitches for the highly anticipated midterm elections on November 8th. Results will set the balance of power in Congress and state capitals around the country. We'll examine this and more on Issues in the News this Saturday and Sunday on The Voice of America.
3: Sporty greetings. This is Masai Ujiri, the president of Toronto Raptors Basketball, president of Giants of Africa
0: Foundation.
4: You are listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice
0: of America. Masai Ujiri's Toronto Raptors scored a big, big victory on Wednesday night. The Raptors spread their wings in San Antonio, Texas, where they routed the San Antonio Spurs 143-100. to Cameroonian star Pascal Siakam of the Raptors had 22 points, 10 rebounds, and 11 assists. And he did that in just 28 minutes on the court. (sighs) Elsewhere around the NBA, the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Washington Wizards both posted victories. As we hear now from the AP's Dave Ferry.
6: Darius Garland returned to the court and pumped in 29 points in the Cavaliers' sixth straight win, 114-113 in overtime against the Celtics. Garland also had 12 assists in his first game since missing five straight with an eye injury.
3: I'm super happy the way that we fought throughout the
6: entire game. Uh, I don't have a lot to say for real. But I'm super excited about this group. Donovan Mitchell added 25 points for the Cavs, who survived a 12-0 run by Boston to start the fourth quarter before beating the Celts for the second time in a week. Jalen Brown had 30 points for the Celtics, and Jason Tatum added 26. Christophs Porzingis and Bradley Beal led the Wizards to a 121-111 road win over the 76ers. Porzingis delivered 30 points and 9 rebounds for Washington, which didn't trail for the final three quarters.
5: Things were going good
0: for them offensively, but, but uh, when it really mattered that fourth quarter... We, we, we did what we were supposed to do and, and took care of
6: business. Beal finished with 29 points, and Kyle Kuzma added 18 as the Wizards had six players score in double figures. The Sixers played without Joel Embiid due to a non-COVID illness. Tyrese Maxey paced the 76ers with 32 points. James Harden chipped in 24, and Tobias Harris added 16. I'm Dave Ferry.
0: Thanks, Dave. Regarding Joel Embiid and that non-COVID illness, It's the flu, according to Philadelphia's head coach, Doc Rivers. As Qatar gets ready to host the FIFA World Cup football tournament, it's also preparing to host next year the Asian Cup competition, VOA's Gwen Uten reports.
5: The confirmation that Qatar has been named as the host nation for the next Asian Cup came in October. In a statement, the president of the Asian Confederation said, Qatar's capabilities and track record in hosting major international sporting events and their meticulous attention to detail are well admired throughout the globe. He continued, with their existing world class infrastructure, and unrivaled hosting capabilities we are confident that cutter will stage a worthy spectacle befitting the prestige and stature of asia's crown jewel as the news spread people across cutter expressed their excitement like andrew who was on business in the country when he heard the news andrew praised cutter's expanded infrastructure but issued a warning to watch out for his home country australia on the pitch
4: just heard the
0: news that Qatar is getting to host the asian cup very exciting you've got great infrastructure here so well prepared with the world cup so i'm sure it'll be a breeze but watch out for the soccer we're very hot
5: the Asian Cup was first awarded to China in 2019. However, the country pulled out earlier this year because of its zero-COVID policy. Qatar beat two countries to replace China as hosts of the upcoming tournament. Indonesia lost their bid largely due to their lack of infrastructure. The government of Indonesia has just announced plans to demolish the football stadium where more than 130 people died in a stampede Qatar also outbid South Korea, dubbed the favorites, to be awarded hosting rights. The country has not staged the competition since 1960 when they won their second of their two Asian titles. Qatar last hosted the Asian Cup in 2011, and this resident says the tournament's return feels like a second World Cup.
4: I was very really excited to hear that, and I was reading in the newspaper today. And uh, it's kind of a second World Cup, and uh, it's a big event, and it will put Qatar uh, in the top top nations, which uh, which hold, which has been like uh, holding the events regularly.
5: The Asian Cup is held every four years in June and July, and was last staged in the United Arab Emirates in 2019. However, the Qatar Football Association has proposed that the 2023 the Asian Cup is shifted to early 2024 to avoid the hot temperatures of the golf summer. Meanwhile, the weather won't be a problem for the upcoming World Cup. The tournament is set to kick off in Qatar on November 20th, and FIFA President Gianni Infantino has announced ticket sales are now approaching the 3 million mark. Those in attendance will have to carry a digital HAYA card at all times. The fan ID card will serve as a permit to enter the country as well as stadiums and fan zones and will provide access to free transportation. Venue manager Syed Sawadi says all it takes is a simple application.
1: Your hire card is your entry permit to the country. So if you have the application or, 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 or uh, if you have the ticket and the application, you can step in, uh, in, uh, inside the country. If, God forbids, you have a certain problem with the application itself, there will be several customer service officers that are available at the airports, whether it is Hamad International Airport or Doha International Airport. As soon as you enter the country, you are uh, eligible to use the services that has been given as and has been stated a, co- a couple of minutes ago. In addition to that, if you get to have any kind of problem. You can access the hotels, which will have customer service as well. And we will have access to this service center and ABHA service center. In addition to that, the stadiums. So we have made sure that if you have a problem with the application, you have more more than one option to solve that.
5: And HAYA Executive Director Syed Al-Khwari says more than half of total ticket holders have signed up for the card.
1: The number is increasing one by one, but I can tell that we have covered 75 percent of the total ticket holders so far. It's a a positive number showing us that people are using these platforms and they are applying. And this center, inshallah, will be serving them whenever they want to have their card printed with them.
5: Last month, FIFA launched a new ticketing app that gives users access to tickets and information on their mobile phones, and paper tickets are currently on sale in Doha. But whether fans download a digital ticket or buy a physical one, all are encouraged to apply for the HAYA ID card, which will be mandatory to attend all World Cup matches. And that is all from me, Sonny. Back over to you.
0: Thanks, Gwen. That's my VOA colleague, Gwen Uden. And that wraps up the November third edition of the show. you for tuning in. I did it. I'm the Sonny Young in Washington. And that's the sunny side of sports.